Experience worship. True worship. Experience the word. Bringing you wholeness. Experience the warmth of fellowship. Experience wholeness at Lighthouse. Join us every Sunday and Wednesday at the Lighthouse. House 7, Plot 2 Stroke 3, Kudratabiola Way, Oregon, Ikeja, Lagos. Visit our website at www.lighthousengine.org or contact us at info at lighthousengine.org. The Lighthouse, lighting your pathway to destiny. Uh, this is the second Wednesday service in the month of January 2024. And we thank God for the gift of life. We thank God for the direction that we have in him for this year. Um, I just want us to start on um, a good note this year. Um, you know, last year we encouraged ourselves the need for us to uh, desire growth this year, the need for us to aspire uh, in the place of our personal intimacy with God, the need for us to pay close attention to it. Um, this, in, as we ran up that year, uh, I was beginning to look at how uh, the pressure in our world has greatly increased. And I know that it's not God's design that man should struggle. Uh, it's God's design, basically, that you and I should walk in partnership with God. Uh, so if you, for example, you are running a business, uh, it's not that God closes his eyes uh, in that business space. You're pursuing a career, you are in school. God didn't close his eye in any way and just want you to figure things out. Rather, he wants us, number one, once we have this persuasion in our heart that this is the way to go, he wants us to live in partnership with him uh, so that he can lead, he can guide us all through. Uh, because the desire of God for man is that man should have dominion. Uh, man, uh, when he created man originally, Genesis 1.26, which we are all aware, it was his decision to create us. So he doesn't leave us to now figure things out. As a matter of fact, if you look at the work of creation, there was chaos. There was something out of place. So he didn't want man to come and take care of that chaos. So he first took care of the chaos. And then he set things in order until Genesis 1, 26, where he now said, and now, I mean, it was a decision. Uh, you can say the counselor of heaven, the father, the son, and the Holy Spirit. He said, let us make man in our own image, and in our own likeness. And he gave man a very beautiful job description. And if you look at it, God expects us to just align, just like it happens in our workspaces. They said that this is out of your area of jurisdiction or out of your 
job description. So as long as we stay within it, it means God is actually at work in us. Both to will and to do of his good pleasure, both to do that purpose aligned. Look at the global economy as it were. Uh, there is no jack of all trades. So you pick a sector, but God wants us to do well in that sector. So basically, um, the need for us to pay close attention of how these things work uh, will help us uh, to run and to run very well this year. It will also help us to be able to understand that within the space that God has created for us, he wants us to be leaders. Um, if you look at, like I said, the global space, the way things also operate, I don't understand how to put it, but it's just like selected people just want to take over those spaces and every other larger populace should be in subject to them. But I don't think that is the, 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 the idea of God. I believe the heart is his and the fullness thereof. And the fullness thereof. I was watching a documentary, I think, yesterday about one of these countries. And they want to, because of the global warming effect and all that, they have mastered it. They want to start mining things under the seabed such that it will have a good impact on the environment. And I'm thinking to myself while I was watching it that, hey, look at how advanced people are or they have become. Um, I, I watched something also that even using elevator reduces certain a percentage of carbon monoxide while you are using it at that time, which is also not even held it to the body that, hey, why not go through the staircase? So there are a whole lot of things that are happening. God didn't create man uh, to struggle. He didn't create us to figure things out on ourselves. He wants us to live our lives as he has designed it for us. So, I, I want to start uh, maybe a, a series, how far we can go tonight, because I also want us to, in our Wednesday service, just take some few minutes to pray together, because I know that iron sharpens iron. A man sharpens the countenance of his brother. So, globally, things are not the way it's, it's supposed to be, but I believe, even for such a time as this, God wants us to be leaders. God wants us to take charge of our environment. Can I have an amen tonight? So uh, you can title this. I don't know what you want to do. Maybe spiritual formation. Because uh, it just wants to be line upon line, preset upon preset. How we can build our life. How we can grow uh, in the things of God. How we can, um, I mean, spiritual growth sometimes, the way these things are, it helps us. It helps us to be able to handle, whether it's pressure, whether it's success, whatever it is that this life throws up, uh, when we are growing into the image of Christ, it helps us minimize the pressure, it helps us to take charge of the things in our environment. First thing I want to talk about today is that what is God's purpose for man? I know I've touched a bit about it. And you see, it's, it's very easy uh, for us to take Simplify it for ourselves. Number one, God created man in his image. He created man in his image. It doesn't matter what some people um, in, in the beach to uh, put God in the back burner. They said that uh, their father is the old, old word monkey and whatever it is. 
Everybody should know who their own grandparents are. So, but God created man in his own image. Monkey looks like man, but God, man is not monkey. Monkey doesn't have the capacity, even though the facial features look the same, it doesn't have the capacity that man has. Capacity to dominate. All those things, they don't have cognitive mind to make decisions. So, God created man in his own image. And so, if God is a creator and he created man in his own image, that means automatically we can say man is a co-creator with God. So that's the first thing. Secondly, God desire man to fellowship or partner with him. He desire man to fellowship or you use the word partner with him. That's, that's the thing. I mean, it, it, it's just so beautiful. I will explain it later. So, number three, man had the privilege of fellowship with God. Man is the only creation or create, uh, yeah, created me that has the privilege of fellowship with God. It's interesting. Animals just howl to eat each other. I mean, things, animals in the forest, they tend to survive by their instinct. But man is designed to fellowship with God. With fellowship with God. And number four is that God himself craved that fellowship. God craved that fellowship. God craved that fellowship. If there is anything or any power that the devil has that is left with him, it's to distract us from that fellowship. He wants us to be far away from God. Because you see, what that fellowship does, it brings intimacy. What that fellowship does, in the case of confusion, it helps us get direction. What that fellowship does, in case of darkness overing, we can introduce the light that emanates from that fellowship. So, God himself craved for that fellowship. Number five, Man lost the essence of that fellowship when he sinned. Man lost it. Man lost it. Man lost it. So man became conscious of himself. And that's why he says, uh, when God called out to man in Genesis chapter 3, he said, I heard your voice, but I was afraid. And that was the first time fear was mentioned in the scripture. And if you trace it all through the ages, that is the very tool that the devil uses. You cannot do this. It's fear. You don't have capacity to do this. It's fear. Where we are now, we cannot go further from here. It's fear. So, God, man lost that fellowship. The next one is that God sent his son. So, because they were there from the beginning. Oh, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. I mean, in, when even man lost that fellowship, because God is interested in that fellowship. Because Psalm 116, verses, um, I think verses 15 and 16 says something. It said, the heavens, even the heavens, belongs to God, but the heart he has given to the sons of men. God respects authority. He respects spheres. Heaven belongs to him. The heart, which is his footstool, he created man to be the steward of the heart. 
So, when man lost that fellowship, God saw ahead of time because God introduced the subject of redemption in Genesis 3.15. I'm just taking my time so that you can explain where we are as of today. So, God told uh, the devil as a judgment upon him. He said, well, this one that you have done, you just received my But hey, the seed of the woman will bruise your head. So, the next thing I want to say is that God sent his son to redeem the man. So, that original intention, which is to be the steward of the heart, God has not changed his mind concerning it. I mean, no matter, and that's why if we put it in the subject of evangelism, God's angels are not going to preach the gospel because we are the one who is in charge here. We are the one who God saved and who he, whom he has given the ministry of reconciliation. We are the one that that narrative has changed for us. We are born into the family of God. So we can live life the way God designed it and that can become a testimony to as many people who don't have the privilege. Yes. Can I have an amen tonight? So God sent his son to redeem man, to bring man to that place of fellowship. And then man was restored into that fellowship by reason of the new birth experience. Man was restored into that fellowship by reason of the new bad experience. And God didn't leave man the way he was in the beginning. So when he redeemed us, so he gave us his Holy Spirit and he also gave us his word. So that what happened in the, in the time past, when man was given that uh, mandate, we will not recline back because Jesus' sacrifice was once and for all. Can I have an amen today? So as we sit, God doesn't have to show up physically on the heart anymore because we are his representative. Can we read something together tonight? First Peter chapter 1. Am I right? First Peter chapter 2, rather. First Peter chapter 2. Well, if you read chapter 1, let me just speak something out for us. Excuse me. First Peter chapter 1, verses 3. He said, Blessed be God, verse 3, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again. Can you see that word? He has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. That's not the end of the story. So today, he has brought us into an inheritance. That Genesis chapter 1, incorruptible, undefined, that does not fade away, but reserved in heaven for us. Verse 5, he said, We are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, and ready to be revealed in the last time. So, we are children born in due season into the family of God. In chapter 2, you know, it's not written in verses and uh, chapters like that. It's like a continuum. So, in chapter 2, we were saying something. 
in verse um, 2. It says, as newborn babes, if you read it in context all through chapter 1, and then verse 2 of chapter 2, it said, as newborn babe, it said, desire the sincere make of the world that you may grow thereby. So there is an inheritance we are growing into. We are growing into the image and likeness of God. We are growing to become gods in this heart. Can I have an amen? Potentially, he says in Psalm 82, he said, but I have said to you, when we don't understand this thing, we are still bound to the primary element of this world. He said, whereas he has said unto you and I that we are gods. We are gods. We are gods. We are gods. So, there is no other way to understand this inheritance, to grow into the fullness of this inheritance, but to... to to just grow. I mean, we have uh, Reverend Mo here. As Reverend Mo is seated by, by his dad in this service tonight, he has no limitation in his mind. He believes that everything the father owns, he owns. He believes the father has questions to any life issues. Answers to questions about any life vision. I, I want you to, I want us to look at it. There is no limitation in his mind. As a matter of fact, he uses his mouth sometimes to demonstrate that he can drive, holding the steering. But as far as we understand the subject of natural love, is that can give him. Even if he cries, even if he plays very smart, the dad cannot give him the key to that car. Or even if he was given, he took it from somewhere. Nobody will watch him kick the car and move the car. Which is a very simple thing. Why? He's not grown. He can't even... He knows that car moves. I mean, he's bothered cars many times. But he cannot handle it. It's the same thing that happened to us in the spirit. When we don't grow, we cannot maximize the opportunity that God has. Even though we have the inheritance. Even though the Father is ready to answer all our questions. But until we made intentional. So how do we know that Reverend Mo is, is growing? He becomes aware. I mean, he's, he's going to school at the moment. So, he begins to learn. There was a time we were carrying him around. Then we dropped him. He started walking by himself. So, he started, how do you know that he's growing? He's asking questions. He's receiving answers. How do you know that he's growing? He has, he has social awareness. He can play with other kids around. He can converse with kids and then he begins to converse with adults and then we can see that he's growing by stature he begins to 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 grow until probably he reaches the age of 18. i'm not saying that's how god uh, calculates spiritual growth but i'm just saying comparing natural growth to what spiritual growth looks like when he reaches maybe by 16 he can even be sent to driving school to learn. So by 18, even though he knows how to drive, but in the first few months or then, someone is seated by his side. 
until maybe you start driving around neighborhood until they say, oh, go and drop some. That's how some of us learn. Go and drop someone at the bus stop. And then they know he, he, he drives that car successfully around two, three months. There are no bashes here and there. And then there is confidence. Even that confidence is not on maybe highways yet. You know, there is difference between driving around Oregon and you hit Lagos by the expressway. <laughs> There's a difference. Uh, if trailer overtakes you on that road. <laughs> and then sometimes you are surrounded. Trailers here, trailers here. And you need to just maintain your sanity. And then sometimes you, you, you know that. But as he drives, the confidence comes, isn't it? And by the time you know it, even if there are 16 trailers, he can decide to overtake two at a time, get back on the lane, overtake four at a time. So he becomes what? Skillful. The Bible talks about being skillful with the word of righteousness. Can I have an amen tonight? So, if he's growing, maybe chronologically in age, uh, social awareness, emotional, but he's not, he's not coming Eh? to be doing the things we expect a guy to do or a lady to do, it becomes what? A source of concern to a very good parent. Can I have an amen? And that's the way these things are. That's why the Bible says, by the time some people ought to have become teachers, they are still being taught the basic principle. So, spiritual growth, for example, is not whether God you have a call of God over your life. You are a believer. You have an inheritance. You are, you are in the family of God. Uh, there is what is called family duties. God expects us to grow into that measure of responsibility. God expects us to be able to mentor, to be able to coach, to be able to train, to be able to empower, to be able to become a model to someone in this kingdom. Can I have an amen? So that's why I was saying something. Let me pull it back. So if I'm pursuing a career path, if I'm growing, God expect my life. I mean, I should be able to tell somebody who is just coming up into that career path. The basic things to follow. The same thing for business. The basic things to follow. Because as I'm growing, I'm enjoying God and I'm seeing life experiences. And I can easily tell. Someone, something that will work, something that will not work. Can I have an amen? So spiritual growth is not how long you've been saved. No, it's how well you are becoming aware in the things that are demanded of us. Spiritual growth, I would say, is not about your knowledge about the Bible. I, I, I've met people who know the Bible but whose character cannot match what they know. They know the Greek. Some people study the Bible for argument. Some people just want to prove that there is no God. So they study the Bible. Atheists do study the Bible. And then spiritual growth, in case you and I don't know, I'm saying it, it doesn't happen automatically. When you are saved, see, Reverend is holding a phone. 
I know you can navigate many things on that phone, even much more than the owner of the phone. So, but it's not automatic that when you give him a phone, he knows what to do. He has become accustomed by reason of usage. It's the same thing for spiritual growth. I mean, there are basic things that helps our growth. For example, prayer. What is prayer? Intimacy, conversation with our father. We know the things that have been full, that he has in his mind concerning us. Uh, studying the Bible, studying, reading the word helps us to know what is in the book. I mean, you will ask yourself this question many times. What is the use of a will hmm? given by a testator and then the owner, the recipient, don't even know that they have a will? The will is as useless as anything. I mean, it reminds me, that story, you know, there are some stories that you just read and you know about that, I mean, it just, it just, it couldn't leave you. Two of such stories, and I would just say, even if it's that's where we stop tonight, it's a very good place to start. One story was a man, you know, all the, we don't have many, well, we do, but in our own part of the world, it's not as pronounced. No matter how you are in this, our own part of the world, you, I can enter into Lala and say, I don't have a home. And Lala can accommodate me. So in some other places, they have people on the street. So this man has, he picked, apparently, he just picked something from the dustbin. And it was a belt. But that belt, I think it was dropped by someone. Inside that belt, eh? They, they caught the belt, you know all these cowboy belts. They caught the belt open. And $15,000 was stocked in that belt and sewn back. So the guy usually wears that, the owner of the belt, wears it around. But he was mistakenly killed. So the man, they just threw the belt. So he picked the belt. And he was on the street for 10 years, but he died of hunger. He wasn't aware. So it never crossed his mind. So he would stay at metro stations and be begging for dollars. So he eventually died of cold. The same thing. Sometimes God does quite a whole lot of work in our hearts and in our lives. People may not understand it, but when the result comes, we can see the manifest grace and the power of God fully at work in our lives. Can I have an amen tonight? So, the process of that maturity, of growing into Jesus. That's what we call spiritual formation or spiritual growth. It is not automatic. It has to be intentional. It has to be deliberate. Just like Reverend here, there was a time he was taking breast milk, and then he goes into nutrients, and whatever it is, until solid food, and then he can start to make demand on the kind of menu he wants to eat. And here he is today, he has choices. It doesn't, well, it still depends on, uh, on his parents because his parents can say, no, this is what we are offering you. But the truth is that a time will come that he can have his full choices as to what he puts in his mouth by himself. Can I have an amen? amen. So, when we are consistent, when we are deliberate, consistent, then we are growing. We are growing. We are growing. Let me just round up today by asking, what are the 
things that make for growth. What are the things that make for growth? What are the things that make for growth? Please understand that your faith must be built before the challenges of life come. Understand that. And that's what growth does for you. It helps you build strength of character. It helps you build it. It helps you build it. It helps you build it. And don't forget that what how the things we are supposed to do. Number one, know what is in the will. The will of God is the word of God. Know what is his will. You know, God's word is like, is his boundary, is his sphere. So, you must know what is in the will. What is in the will? Jesus had come and gone. He's not coming back. Even if you are saying, oh Jesus, oh Jesus, oh Jesus today, he's also saying to you, doesn't he know what is in the will? The Holy Spirit is his helper. The Holy Spirit is our helper. Can he ask the Holy Spirit for help? Doesn't he know what is written in his will? In the will? So, please, let us know what is in the will. A lot of people feed on man-made theories and philosophy. I'm, I'm sorry, but it's also very prevalent among us. My pastor said, my bishop said, my geo said, my prophet said, no, our faith, the Bible says, should not rest on the wisdom of men. If what our pastor, our bishop, our geo, our prophet is saying is not in this world, then he can't find entrance. He can't help us to grow. It's just mere words. It could have been something that we say, Aristotle says. But the difference is what Jesus said in John 6, 63. He said the word, he said the flesh will profit nothing. It's the spirit that quickens. He said the word, my own kind of word that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. The reason why they are spirit is words are seed, words are spiritual. Words that God speaks has the capacity to create. In the midst of the chaos, God says, let there be light. And so light came. In the midst of the chaos, God says, let there be water. Then it happened. In the midst of the chaos, God says, let the water move to one side. And then land and sea happened. In the midst of the chaos, there was darkness. He said, let the light separate darkness and the light. So that's how we have the day. That's why we have the season. So words are seeds. Words are spiritual. Whatever we want to see, we must align our tongue with what God is saying concerning that subject matter. Can I have an amen? amen? The only way we can do that is to know what is in the will. What is in the will? And we have areas, just like Reverend here, we, we, we become socially aware. We have areas of life. We have areas of our health. So what does the will say about it? We have area of confu being confused, making decisions. What does the will say about that? We have area of our well-being. He said, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health, even as the soul prosper. So what does the will say? So we must know what is in the will. And to know what is in the will, we must be intentional. We must be intentional. That's why James was saying that we can't afford to be hearers. 
of this word, of this will, we must also be practitioner, doers. And the Bible regards it in that James chapter 1. It said, those who want to be intentional will be doer of this work, W-O-R-K. So there are many things that we want to jam our mind, distract us from knowing what is in the will. And as long as we put our focus on the will, then we are bound to grow. We are bound to grow. We are bound to grow. There was an instance in the gospel where Jesus spoke. The word spoke one day. He said, let's go to the other side. And that's the word. So the word comes and gives you instruction. But as they journey, the Bible said the storm, storm wasn't there, but the storm arose. So it means we have, for example, this year, we have the promises of God, which are yes and amen for us. But as we journey, the storm of life may arose. The Bible says in one instance, because there are two instances where storm uh, arose like that. One, they saw a ghost. Where in their imagination it was a ghost. But Peter saw something different. So Peter, instead of saying ghost, Peter said, Master. And when he said, Master, if you are the one, because he knew that the nature and the character of the person that he has dealt with, this is not a ghost. He said, if you are the one, bid me to come. In other words, encourage me to come. That's what the word of God does for us. The word of God doesn't disappoint us. The word of God, we always bat faith and courage in our hearts. He said, bid me to come. And what was Jesus? Jesus didn't say, can you see the water? What are you? Are you, are you, you that is just natural Peter? Jesus did not discourage him. Jesus didn't say, oh, it's, the weather is mysterious. Don't come. Just stay where you are. No. He said, come. Just one statement. Come. And the Bible recorded that Peter stepped out based on what Jesus said to him. And if we're going to see things happen, we have to learn when we know what is in the will, when he speaks to us, there is no confusion. It's just going to be that our hearts align with what is in the will. And so Peter stepped out. And then he saw, I mean, the Bible did not record that he sank before getting to Jesus. So he was nearly sinking. And then Jesus reached out. And the Bible says, and Jesus backed Peter back into the boat. No, they walked back. You know what we preach is that ah, Peter's faith is not strong. That's why he was sinking. No, no, no. Or he was distracted. No, he actually walked back. Because Peter was an adult. Jesus can't be carrying Peter now. And it must have been a distance, really. The second instant was where Jesus said, let's go to the other side. Come here apart and let's rest for a while. And then he went into the inner part and then he slept up. I don't know what it is. I don't know how many people sleep through turbulence. But that's exactly what it is in the natural today. But Jesus was sleeping to the point that they had to go and wake him up. Don't you care that we perish? 
The Bible in that is that even then, he didn't look at what they were saying. The Bible says he spoke to the storm. He spoke to the wind. And in the mind of the disciples, they asked the question, who is this man that even the wind of the sea obey him? So in other words, that singular instance was like a show to tell them that you are also supernatural. You are supernaturally natural. And that's what I want to ask for tonight. As we go through this year, let's go in that consciousness. We are supernaturally natural. And whatever it is that God has spoken to our heart, by the grace of the almighty God, the unlimited God, all things will be possible to us this year. We will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. In the precious name of Jesus. We continue next week and we stand. Let's just pray for about 10 minutes. Let's pray for about 10 minutes. Experience worship. True worship. Experience the word. Bringing you wholeness. Experience the warmth of fellowship. Experience wholeness at Lighthouse. Join us every Sunday and Wednesday at the Lighthouse. House 7, Plot 2 Stroke 3, Kudratabiola Way, Oregon, Ikeja, Lagos. Visit our website at www.lighthousenergy.org or contact us at info at lighthousenergy.org. The Lighthouse, lighting your pathway to destiny.